upheaval with St Kilda, they pick and stick in cricket. What Australian cricket didn't want at the end of the summer was to indulge any conversation around the possibility of changing to the batting order. They've just chosen their course of action. They want the players to feel supported, comfortable and ready to perform. And Andrew McDonald, the coach, couldn't have been clearer. No, definitely not. No, no, we're not in the uh, in the mood to change the batting order. Um, we feel like as a collective that that unit will be able to have success over multiple test matches um, and we'll let that play out. If you look at the irony of it all, the question marks were on Steve Smith and Cameron Green and they were our two best performed batters today. So, um, But we, we see our batting unit as a collective uh, and there's going to be people that fail within that at times. Uh, there's going to be p- people that succeed and it's all hands on deck. But we feel as though with that order the way it is, they, they complement each other and... Um, yeah, we should be able to navigate through most situations. Peter Lawler told us this would be exactly the Australian attitude when the the Warriors were just giving voice to their concerns on night two of that Gabba test. Hello to you, Pete. Good morning, Jared. Gee, I've missed you. (laughs) (laughs) When we sat together in the pre-match of day four, there there was a building sense that we might see something special. (laughs) We didn't quite pick what it was going to be, but my goodness, we saw something special. Oh, yeah, still pinching ourselves, aren't we, Jared? I mean, it's just a splendid end to a surprising summer. And I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be the millionth person that said it, but your test cricket reasserted itself in so many ways in this Australian summer, Jed. I loved it. Like, just looking at a journalist's perspective, we had so many discussion points um, around the ground game we had a lot of discussions points we started with uh, Usman Khawaja and the situation in Palestine um, we hit the Brisbane test talking about Australia Day but we finished it focusing on cricket and cricket only and um, that that was that was a great way to finish yeah. uh, did did it move you did Jamar uh, Shamar Joseph's heroics move you oh um, yeah mate yeah I had tears in the eyes yeah. I have to admit it and I don't think you know I've never enjoyed, well, it's not, no, that's the wrong way to say it. I didn't enjoy Australia losing, but God, I loved the West Indies winning. I don't think I've, and and to see Brian Lara and Carl Hooper and Big Bish and what it meant. And Shamar Joseph has got something, hasn't he? He's got a charisma. He takes you on a ride with him. He took the West Indies on a ride with him. I mean, he was getting standing ovations early in that game, you know, for his efforts at, uh, he uh, he is a force of nature, that kid. You've seen so much cricket. Is that is that a day that will live with you? Jed, uh, afterwards, uh, I went up to the Storybridge Hotel, um, and we don't do that this this that often. But um, there was Malcolm Con there, and there was Crash Craddock, and there's me, and that's about a hundred years of test <laughs> test cricket, you know, journalism. Uh, standing underneath that bridge. We don't get together too often, of course, you know. Um, no, I won't say that. Um, and we were all moved by this. We all had this glow on our, you know, we were just buzzing about what we'd seen. And we've seen a hell of a lot of cricket. And we've seen some incredible things over the years. And I'm thinking about myself to the things I've seen. And this rate's right up there, right up there among anything I've seen. This is Shamar Joseph on his love of test cricket. So I think the great hope out of this is while he has every right to earn whatever he can out of the game for his family, um, that he might become the, the touchstone for the value of test cricket. It's amazing to see, you know, tears come from the great ones eyes because um, they, they know that they're, 
young players out there that could do great things and inspire and continue the legacy for them. So it's amazing that, you know, we we show up on the right day in front of them so that you know that we're able to fight and continue to do our best. I love it. I love Test Cricket. Test Cricket is so good. I enjoy playing Test Cricket for my only two Test matches that I play. I feel like I play 100 Test matches so far. It's just amazing. So he represents an awful lot right now. It's, it's a lot to put on a young man's shoulders. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that we really are pinning a lot on him. But but he, he and this West Indies team and this West Indies win is provoking discussions that we need to have, that the game needs to have, and they're boring discussions to some degree uh, because they're around finances, they're around the, the, the financial models of cricket. But it won't take too much to make cricket a hell of a lot better. You can see that. I mean... The West Indies need to play more test cricket. To play more test cricket and to win more test cricket, you have to play more test cricket. Uh, I think Cricket Australia, Cricket Australia does understand that the funding model is broken. And just to run through it quickly so that people understand, the ICC funding model is unfair. Um, the bulk of the money goes to the big three. The, the richest nations take most of the money because they say they generate. So the West Indies get a small cut from the ICC pie. It's the bilateral Bilateral arrangements are even unfairer to the West Indies and it's because they're naturally disadvantaged. They don't have a home broadcaster to whom they can sell their stuff to. Their production costs are massive because of the, the areas and the islands. So they never get a win. They don't get an, a win when they play away. This this summer down under has cost the West Indies about $2 million US. Yeah. Um, so we've got to look at that and it's not going to take much to to make this team uh, a more competitive team, and we've seen the value of what having more competitive teams does in this test match. On the Australian side of things, is you preempted that the management would absolutely back the remodelled top six. Is it the right thing to do? Oh, yeah. Thank God the commentariat doesn't run Australian cricket, Jared. Thank God we've got sensible people like Andrew McDonald. And Andrew's a very sensible, sober type of person um, who doesn't panic, doesn't do anything in a sort of a, a state of anything but, but absolute calm. And he's very rational. And they were never going to do anything but stick we stick with this top order the way it is. I mean, uh, that's not to say that they wouldn't have had concerns and we aired those concerns, but I mean, how much did, did the commentary read into that Smith LBW dismissal in the first innings in Brisbane? It was the end of the world. You know, the parallels were being drawn uh, and, and I indulged them myself to the Ricky Ponting's uh, LBW in Adelaide at the end of his career. Um, but then, as as McDonald says, isn't it ironic? Steve Smith looked fantastic out there. And in a way, in losing that test match, we actually saw what, what the future could look like or the next few years could look like with Smith at one and Green at four performing well. A few little issues around them up there in Brisbane, not least of them Travis Head making two golden ducks. But that's not going to happen too often, we hope. Marnus is a bit of a worry. And, and I think Marnus knows he's got some issues. He's, I think if you ask Manus, he wouldn't say he's batting well at the moment, like like batters often do. So what's, is that, is the form of that batting unit worthy of the absolute support that it's getting? Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Absolutely. I mean, Manus, Manus Labashain at his very best is one of the, if, if you want, want to ask questions about anybody, is, is, is one of the best cricketers in the world. He's dropped slightly this year, but he still made three half centuries, didn't he, across the summer. He never got above a 70, I don't think. Um, I, I, why would you ask that question, actually, Jared? Oh, just out of interest? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, of course. I, I can't see anybody whose place is under threat in that 11. No, it's the they've chosen their order. They say these are the six best batters in the country. Uh, I think most of us would agree with that. Um, but they didn't produce the runs across a home summer that you would expect and demand of an Australian batting lineup. No, they didn't, but there's, uh, there's, there's nobody better. And I have full faith in, in this team. This, this is a very good cricket team, Jared. It's lost one match in yep. the summer. We yeah. posed that question in the lead up, whether one loss would undermine all the winning that had been done. I think the answer was yes. I, don't, I think I the think one the loss weighs heavily against the four wins that were demanded and expected. <laughs> yeah, I no, I don't. I think it was. I think it was a tired Australian team, and Australian team had been on the road for too long, and Australian team that maybe had got a little bit ahead of itself and has dropped one game at the end of a summer and at the end of a very long campaign. If you look back at the last twelve months. I don't have any concerns out of it. In fact, I take confidence out of it because I saw Smith bat at, in that opening possession and bat very well and uh, reconfirm that he that he still has it, that he is he is still a very good bat, batter. I saw Green start to work at number four. I like everything about this side. I have no doubts at all about it. I think what got lost because of the um, extreme heroics, is that ramp six that Smith hit, so if he had gone on to strike the winning runs and post 100, I feel like we talk about there'll be essays and poetry written about what Shamar Joseph did. I feel like that ramp shot would have um, would have had its own place in history. It's a really good point. Steve Smith's innings has been overshadowed um, uh, by what, what happened um, in the match, and rightly so, rightly so, because there was a much, much bigger and better story to be told. But I had someone tried to tell me last night that Steve Smith had stuffed it up. <laughs> he hadn't stuffed it up at all. He'd got them so very close to the line, and he'd done it in such a such convincing way. Um, there were 10 other guys who probably could have contributed a little bit more. If someone had been able to stay in that middle order for just that little bit longer. Mm. Yeah, but uh, hey, in your heart, it, it just would have been wrong if Australia had stolen that test match. You would have gone, oh, yeah, that's what they do. They get themselves in trouble. They're good enough to get themselves out of trouble. I'm given this one every single time. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen forty Winks temper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. Forty Winks serious about sleep. Pete Lawler is with me. Uh, the dust is settling on the Australian summer. The top six has been guaranteed for what's going to take place in New Zealand. There's some white ball cricket about to unfold. England is on our mind as well. Uh, and Crash shared a story yesterday that we might just rework in a moment too. Our cricket chat. Henley paying one thousand dollars a month off your home loans for two years. Melbourne's weather, cloud clearing a top of 24. This summer, be prepared for extreme weather and sign up for the SMS outage alerts.
at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify. I was uh, in the Storybridge Hotel sitting beside Peter Lawler, who had a minor issue in that he ordered a margarita pizza. And you know what he got? What? A margarita without the pizza. <laughs> so, <laughs> At least it didn't cost you six figures, Pete. God. <laughs> you know, and they said it was my fault. I had a menu in my hand. We're ordering dinner. And the girl brings over the margarita and I looked to the, looked to the person who took the order and I went, it was a margarita pizza. She said, you could have told me. I said, I'm ordering dinner. I mean, I know I've got a reputation as a drinker, but for God's sake. Do you ever have a night and at the pub? You know what? They, made us, they made us pay the difference between the cost <laughs> of the cocktail and the pizza. $2 a type. Anyway, crash, crash, crash shouted me for $2. Were you able to watch England and India at the pub? Yeah, we were watching that. Yeah, yeah. What a great. Great, great game of cricket. I hate, ugh, I, I hate it when England wins, Jared. But I love the way they play cricket. You know, it, it, it's another affirmation of, of their approach to the game, which I find quite entertaining. I think they stuffed it up in the Ashes, but um, yeah, kudos to them. That, that's a fantastic victory, and Ollie Robinson. Um, and even you could see it the way, you know, in a, in a way the way Joe Root and and Athers and those people uh, Joe Root is still playing of course but some of the um, senior former England players have talked about this victory is it's sort of similar it's had a similar impact on them to the way that the West Indies victory in Australia has I mean they're really moved by this and impressed by what this team's achieved. Yeah, let's take in a little bit of Ollie Pope and Tom Hartley, the the two heroes of England's win. To come here to India, probably the toughest place for a batter to come at the minute. Um, yeah, to start a series like this and to, to do it in a winning cause, uh, heads and shoulders above the other four. I've sort of tinkered throughout my career so far. Some things have worked. I've changed my technique slightly for this series specifically. I, I had a shoulder surgery, so I've had a long time to prepare for this series and make some adjustments to what I had in the, um, what, what I produced in the last time we were here, three maybe three years ago now. So I've worked hard on my game and tried to sort of tailor my technique for these conditions. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, uh, it's not going to sink, sink in for a while, I think. Um, you know, I'm just over the moon, to be honest. After the first innings bowling, what were you thinking? Uh, this is hard work. <laughs> uh, you know, it was really tough out there. Um, you know, it didn't spin quite as much as we thought, but, um, you know, testament to the coaches and uh, Stokesy and Baz, you know, they, they really got around me and, you know, uh, I lost no confidence really and I was able to come out and do my best out here. So Hartley, who gets absolutely monstered by the Indian batters at the start of his test career and then fights back with seven, and Ollie Pope, who... Good judges say batted as well as any touring batter has in many a year on those shores. This, this is now a five-test series, and we're about to experience that with India at home next summer. Uh, what a, what a way to to get those storylines rolling! Oh, look, India, um, India are really under the pump now. This this series is set up big time, and in, India have had a series of setbacks because. Obviously, Virat Kohli didn't play that test and is not due to play the next test. And now KL Rahul and Ravindra Shadeja are injured. All the pressure is on the home team. The, 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 the amount of expectation that's on India um, to win, win in India, I mean, it's demanded, much, much as it is in Australia too, but maybe more so. Um, I don't think I'm going to miss a ball of this series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's prompted, so 
that both of those things would happen in test cricket on the same day. So there's almost a culture wars in cricket right now, separate to the actual culture wars that goes on um, between T20 and test. So I don't know whether you saw Kevin Peterson's uh, thoughts, but he, he, tweeted, it's a fascinating discussion between shortest form and test cricket. An argument can be had for saying that T20 has enabled a more entertaining test match arena. Also, it's just the old guard who keeps saying the T20, etc. are shite and we want more tests. What they don't realise is that kids have zero interest in tests and the money in the game isn't coming from tests. My greatest format is tests. I love them more than anything. But I've moved with the times and realised that the future won't be tests for all nations. It just won't. I'm happy to hear people's opinions on this. Also hear solutions on Test Cricket Future. A constructive discussion instead of abuse for T20, please? Yeah. If, if you frame it uh, in that sort of, as, as Kevin has and as you've accurately said there, it's that sort of culture wars, it's this be this scenario we're never going to get anywhere are we no. we have to work out the way these these two forms of the games um survive and i think everybody's comfortable more than comfortable with having two forms of the game it's just in what proportion um and cricket australia have signaled because we're always concerned about the health of, of test cricket that um that they are going to the icc and they are on a mission to save test cricket because there is no time left that's mike baird's um sense of things at the moment um we, we can't keep talking we have to act now we have to change the change the funding models change change the way the bilateral tours happen but test cricket's always been a, a boutique game Jerry. it's not a widely played game i mean uh t20 is massive and played by you know all uh, so many teams and so many franchises and so many, but Test cricket has always been a boot, boutique game. Its beauty is in its rarity to some degree. You don't want wall, you don't want Test cricket to become wallpaper like T Twenty cricket is. Yeah, and, and that that, that it, it is framing it like that because there are complaints sometimes about you just never quite know what cricket is being played but the plank of that is you know that test cricket has consequence and magnitude I thought that was that was what Sunday gave us consequence and magnitude and that a close test match is as good as sport can be and it's incredibly rare it's so rare across it how, how many tests a year ended up being thrillers two three and that we had two on the same day Oh, well, there was a discussion in the press box on the last day among journalists about how many close games have you seen? Yes. Yeah. I mean, literally, these are these are people who go to every Test match in Australia, and they haven't seen many close games. It doesn't happen that often, but yeah, it, in a very in a very fast paced world, Test cricket just gives expression and space to so many narratives to 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 a different sort of heroics um a different it's a different scale you know it's um it's an opera compared to a pop song <laughs> I mean, he, 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 and i'd always prefer a pop song but, um, yeah we, we should anyway. stay we, we will stay as the old guards uh it doesn't mean you are. can't it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the other um i wonder how the the odis will endure so three of them i suspect it's it, it struck me if Jake Fraser McGurk plays on Friday in Melbourne, 
it mm. will be far more interesting and have far more cut through than if he doesn't. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because Jake Fraser-McGurk is one of those those players who just excites me, Jared. I, I, I've rarely seen that much talent in a young player. Um, saw it in a young yeah, a Glenn Maxwell or, or a uh, David Warner. They don't come along very often, and that kid is special. There are a few old-timers around Australia who are going, you know, it sends a really bad message. He hasn't earned his way. Rubbish. This is the Greg Chapel principle. You pick this kid in and, you know, you find out what his potential is. Throw him out there and see if he can swim because he, uh, he's he got special talent. He doesn't he doesn't need years like, flapping around in the B-grade um, competitions. Yeah, and every now and then you're allowed a little bit of the reality television principle in cricket selection, aren't you? Give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> if you represent the people, yeah, that's correct, Jared. <laughs> but, um, no, he, he's an ex- oh, I've just said this, and I'll say again. He's just such an exciting kid. If you haven't seen Fraser McGurk play cricket, do go out and see it. It might not come off, yeah. And and they uh, Australian cricket will go in with their eyes wide open on this. But players like him don't necessarily come off. But by God, if he does, there is so much upside to it. It's lovely to decompress with you, Pete. Good on you. Take care, Jed. Peter Lawler is the Chief Cricket Writer for The Australian. Just a voice of calm and reason in all of it. Our Cricket Chats for Henley Mortgage Fund, $1,000 a month off your home loan for two years, all backed by Henley's $7 billion parent. Here's Nathan in the newsroom.